Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners, you can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. To infinity and beyond! The Lord tells me he can get me out of this mess, but he's pretty sure you're fucked. Nick, it's why you fail. You can't handle the truth! Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Say hello to my little friend! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Say what again! Say what again! I dare you! I double dare you, motherfucker! Say what one more goddamn time! What? We've got here is failure to communicate. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Welcome to Lights, Camera, Barstool, episode 76. Jeff Lowe, Ken Jack, Troll Ballins uh, from our, our residencies. Not from the studio tonight. Uh, it's Sunday episode. Uh, it's gonna be a fun one, I think. Got some got some fun stuff to talk about. But uh, what's going on? Anything new? It's only been two days. I mean, there can't be that much new stuff. Not too much for me. Um, this is the first weekend that I felt like I have all my energy back after my surgery. So I got out there and ran again, and it wasn't a very pretty run. And I'm not a big running guy. Like, I, I prefer cycling because, again, I'm past the age of 30. And I feel like when you get to that point, you're like, well, you got to cycle. It's better on your knees. But sometimes it's nice to just get out and run and, and bask in the weather and get hot and sweaty. And, and there's nothing like it. Nothing like destroying your your knees. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big running guy. I just I, I can't see eye to eye. I know, Ken Jack, you run. I'm just I'm a. Actually, I have bad feet, so I'm like an elliptical guy, and I like the bike too. I don't have a fancy Peloton though, so I'm, I don't. I'm not, I'm not rocking that. I uh, I don't hate the elliptical, but I don't feel like I get as good of a workout as I do when I run or get on a bike. That's that's fair. M- maybe yeah. my resistance isn't high enough. Maybe you, you just to gotta re- get on twenty resistance. I feel like when you run, you're running no matter what. Where elliptical, you can kind of slack off. The, the the lamest workouts I always see in a gym are when people are on an elliptical and they're just like, they're just moving it enough for it to go up and down. And you're like, why are you wasting your time and money being here? What are you what, what yeah. are you achieving? I call them, uh, I think they're sonicking it. Like Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, when he runs real fast and his, his cool, feet yeah. spin into a oval blur. That's, that's what people do when they go real fast on the elliptical with the... Uh, a, a low resistance but also people at gyms regardless of how they're working out they're at the fucking gym man uh would you ever set off a lunk alarm by being on the elliptical what would happen you think you'd be banned for life uh no i, I don't okay so i was at planet fitness a few weeks ago and i did hear the lunk alarm for the first time and it was terrifying it's just like and i didn't know what was happening i thought it was a fire drill but it was the good old lunk alarm Someone set it off. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Can't point that finger at your old boy Trill Ballins. 
I work out quietly at Planet <laughs> Fitness. Planet Fitness is weird because don't they give out free pizza every month? Like once a month, they just give out slices of pizza. Yeah, I think it's every ones. Monday. Yeah, and every, then, every every Monday. Every Monday, and then they have a bagel day, and then they have uh, Tootsie Rolls at the the front desk. Yeah, suck. You know what's an underrated piece of exercise equipment that I'm not sure does anything, but feels really good is like the um, was it the thigh absizers or whatever it is where you like. Yeah. You put yeah. your legs together and you have the pads and then you press press your and it sometimes you get that nice like hip pop feels really good. Hmm. Not sure it does anything. I think it sounds good. It feels good. Doesn't sound good. Oh, dude, I I like when I get a good like hip pop like oh like you know it just <laughs> just releases the stress in my hips. I'm like a German Shepherd, my hips are the hips of an 82 year old. Fucking Bo yeah. Jackson over here. Um, Actually, yeah. I go to I go to the Banfield Clinic in PetSmart to get my hips checked out. We should probably uh, well, we're eventually gonna have to go back to uh, candy. By the way, because Tootsie Rolls they're fucking shit. I don't want to go yeah. too far off that one, but Fuck Tootsie yeah. Rolls, Tootsie Rolls are trash. Well, we'll we'll do some uh, some sort of food uh, thing in the future, a candy thing in the future again. I do like the fruit flavored Tootsies. You know those? Ugh, really? Um, yeah, there is like a vanilla flavored Tootsie Roll. That's pretty good. Yeah, they have like a lime one and an orange one. I don't know where you right, get them. You... Bad. No, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I, mean, I don't regular listen to shit ball. to your flavors. Uh, what about Tootsie Pops? Do you like those things? Well, I'm yeah, a, no. a lollipop. Blow Pop, though. If I had to pick one, I'm picking a Blow Pop. Yeah. Why? No. Because I just... Because, see, for me, for me... You like, get, yeah, the Tootsie Roll combination works. Like, I'm who am I to say a thing that's been around for 3,000 years is not a great fucking candy for most people. But when I'm getting closer to the center, I'd rather taste the the sweetness of the gum with the lollipop rather than that that harsh-ass fucking bottom-of-the-barrel chocolate that Tootsie Roll uses. Yep, but yeah. that, that gum is the second-worst gum. <laughs> Only does next to gum, gum you used to be able to get out of a baseball card pack. It, it also wow. has it has the stickiness of like actual glue, where if you chew on it too long, you might be hurting your jaw at some point. You get, like like get lockjaw if you chew on them for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Send us, you know, send us some blow pops. Company that makes blow pops. We'll we'll, we'll test it out. Uh, and also, uh, the Tootsie Roll commercial, it, it kind of lies because. The a lot of people don't realize the owl is actually biting the Tootsie Pop, and it's it's way yeah. more than three to get to the center. A lot of people think it's actually just three licks, um, and then they go oh, in and they, they they have to lick the Tootsie Pop a lot more, and then the owl bites it. People don't pick up on that. Shout out to nineties yeah. and early two thousands R and B where they would talk about lollipops a lot, but they're really talking about dicks. <laughs> Pretty much the song lollipop. What about the song <laughs> Laffy Taffy? Was that dude? Sexual? I love that song. Yeah, song yeah, that was beat. like a, that was an all time middle school jam, dude. Mm. The dun, 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 dun. taffy. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's taffy. Yeah, I forgot about that song. Candy girl. The uh, blow pops are actually owned by Tootsie Roll Industries. Tootsie Roll Industries makes some of like the most old people fucking Cracker Barrel general store candies imaginable. Tootsie Rolls, Tootsie Pops. Uh, I'll do ones people recognize. Dots. Don't say dum dums. Don't say dum dums. Do they do dum dums too? I, I'm I'm going down the list. Dots, right. Andy's chocolate mints, blow pops, 
caramel apple pops, which people fucking love those. I'm not a huge fan, but people love those. Sugar Daddy, Sugar Babies, Charleston ooh, Chew, ooh. Junior Mints, uh, Double Bubble, Razzies, and Crybaby, uh, and Wax Lips. <laughs> You know, they, so, they always say good good economic uh, indicator for how well the economy is really doing is like defaults on auto loans. Uh, but I think the real one is how, how many dum-dum pops a bank has. Because if they're, <laughs> if they're getting low on dum-dums, you're, you're looking around, you're like, uh, is everything okay in here, guys? Well, now I got to look it up. Who makes dum-dums? I'm surprised, actually. Based off that list, I'm very surprised they don't make dum-dums. But I like how we started this whole conversation off with not to go on an aside about candy. <laughs> and now here we are, 10 minutes later, Googling dum-dums. Let's see here. This Spangler Candy Company. Spangler yeah. Candy Company. All right, so let's talk about something wait, we haven't wait, talked wait. about much recently. Wait, one thing, though. One thing, though. We, uh, we streamed Fortnite on Friday night. We did. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming out and commenting. Uh, we, Ken Jack and I got a, a, a victory in duos. And at first, I thought I earned it by grenading somebody, but it turns out the guy just got caught in the storm. So, yeah, but I mean, I watched the clip because I wasn't there on it. You definitely affected him. It's not like he just stood there and you, and you got to give yourself some credit. To be to be fair, the guy was an idiot and trying to box you into the storm instead of killing you with a gun. So yeah. he was dumb, but still, you did factor in him killing himself accidentally. Uh. All right. A, win, a win's a win. It doesn't matter. You got to win true. triple ones. It's all that matters. Yeah, uh, all right. So let's let's get off things we normally talk about and talk about James Bond. Uh, uh, Edgar Wright. <laughs> we have to. I told you, like I said this last week, there's there's always stories that last like five or six weeks and then we won't talk about it again for a year, even though we've only been doing this podcast for a year. A year, like very soon, actually. I think it's a year this weekend because Labor Day weekend last year is when we recorded two episodes, our first two. Uh, anyway, Edgar Wright could be directing Bond 25. That's a name that's been thrown around. A bunch of other names, but that's the one I think that would stick out the most to our audience. Uh, <laughs> Edgar Wright, obviously, the Cornetto trilogy is what he's known for most with Simon Pegg and then Baby Driver. So if he had not done Baby Driver, I'm not totally sure how I feel about this. The action in his movies is always great, but obviously yeah. there's a very specific style you think of with Edgar Wright. He's always expressed interest to do a Bond movie. Uh, what do we think? Edgar Wright. Would, would you want to see Edgar Wright do a James Bond movie? Specifically, Daniel Craig's last James Bond movie. Yeah. I thought of it as so I, funny. I, I, I mean, yeah, it would be interesting to see. I just think it's funny they, they can Danny Boyle because of supposed creative, di- creative differences and then hire Edgar Wright, notably can from Ant-Man for <laughs> creative differences. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, as long as we get James Bond driving around in his like Aston Martin Vantage playing like James Brown in the background, then you'll know it's yeah. Edgar Wright. I was going to say, that's going to be like the telltale sign that it's Edgar Wright. Is he's going to be doing a car chase and like Franz Ferdinand is going to be playing in the background or something. <laughs> but it, it is interesting to see them go for so many so obviously creative when they have creative differences. Because Danny Boyle is like, he's a fairly formulaic director. Like he's yeah. not outside of like the box or anything like that, I would say. Maybe outside see, of a train spotting. My thing is, I would rather see Edgar Wright do the Idris Elba one because are you really going to change the style up that much for Daniel Craig's last Bond movie? They've all had a very similar style. So, like, I would yeah. like to see Edgar Wright do a new Bond, even even if it's not Idris Elba, just like a different Bond period that's not Daniel Craig, and that way he can really make it his own. Like, I wonder if he'd be shoeboxed in, which then goes right back to your point, Trill, of like he was already gone from one movie for creative differences. So, like, 
I don't know. It's an interesting one. That that name, I didn't even want to talk about Bond, but when you see that name with Bond, like something that's so different to see, you had to talk about it. The uh, the GoldenEye 007 creators of the video game came out and officially said that uh, playing his odd job is cheating. Good. Yeah, it is. Little short run bastard. <laughs> it is cheating. Yeah. I mean, do you not agree, Trill? You had a little pause there. I never played his odd job. I always played as James Bond because I'm a badass like that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Nobody we, ever uh, played as a scientist, right? Nobody was no, a dumb, that's dumbass like a sh- lab coat. Yeah. <laughs> Some kid in ever- Topeka, Kansas probably played as a scientist and just is the best GoldenEye player in the world. I don't know. Did you ever play Perfect Dark? Yes, that was good. Dude, I was going to say that was great. It came out as good. It was between <laughs> great and good. Yeah. <laughs> That game fucking ruled, man. And it was like such a weird playthrough or whatever, but I feel like it was the same style or whatever as uh, Goldeneye. Maybe the same engine. Full, ad- full advantage of that expansion pack he popped in right there front of the N64 that yeah. seven games used. The uh, We're going to do next week, I think we're going to do top 10 childhood video games. We just want to give the audience time to have a, have a good long vote. But uh, that, that'll be fun. We've been talking about the, the video game one has been inevitable. We've been talking about it a lot recently. So we'll do that next I Sunday. Just, you know, whoever directs this bond, they need to do it. And they just need to paint by the numbers here and collect the money and mm-hmm. ride Daniel Craig out into the sunset. Let's not go for anything too cute in this one. Let's just have a fun bond movie. Let's go back to Casino Royale. I'm not even saying Skyfall. Skyfall is pretty heavy. Uh-huh. Just just have Dude. a nice. What's up? The part where Mads Mikkelsen in Casino Royale just beats down on Daniel Craig's meat. That was an all-time <laughs> moment in Bond history with like a fucking oh, yeah. chalele or something. Or the, no, it was a ball on a chain, right? Or ball on his... What yeah, is, uh, it, it was the chair with the, <laughs> the bottom cut out of it and just sitting on the frame <laughs> and then whipping the thing underneath it. Would, just whales on his meat. Would his name in the blacklist have been the meat beater? Would that have been his yeah, blacklist? Yeah, it would have to be, right? Okay. Mads Mikkelsen's whatever his name did, was like Lashif, right? Lashif. Did, yeah, did his Schiff. character die off? Did, did Mikkelsen's character die off? Yeah, shot. I, like the he, head. Like, I thought it was like implied he got killed by the Russian mob, or no, he got shot. You're right. Yeah, I can't really remember. It's a long time ago. Bring him back. Who cares if he got I, killed off in the movie? Stranger things saying, happen. I'm not saying you're underrating that movie, but I mean, if give me a Casino Royale of any fucking movie franchise, that's a great movie. Oh yeah, but it it it, it wasn't it wasn't that heavy, right? I mean, you had some elements yeah. of Bond maybe kind of falling in love, but besides that, it was just a good action-packed introduction to the Daniel Craig oh, James yeah. Bond. And it was Eva Green too. Was his interest in that one? Vesper. Yeah, Vesper yeah. Lind. Yeah, Vesper. yeah. And Jeffrey Wright was in that. Oh, well, he's in most of those actually. For the CIA dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For him. So uh, so we'll see. Uh, Eddie Wright's certainly an interesting name. I hope we don't have to talk about this for another few weeks. And if we do, I hope it's because they just picked somebody. But uh, Edgar Wright, interesting name for sure. The movie, the movie news cycle is opposite to the actual news cycle, where instead of like something ending in twenty four hours, it's it's a full week of talking about yeah. James Bond. You guys hear yep. about Avatar? <laughs> this this movie Avatar. Yeah, You've never talked about one. it before. No, I. You know, I wouldn't hate an Avatar story in the next couple of weeks. I we I do like the James Cameron ripping. It's it's always a good time. 
every once in a while. I wouldn't mind a a, a well timed Avatar's been delayed story. Yeah, fun they should that. they should do an Avatar movie that's not actually Avatar, but it's about a guy who gets like transformed into a Ready Player One universe, and he can take mm-hmm. forms of avatars on very specific like anime forums. <laughs> <laughs> What about um sexy in Uasha or whatever? You know the the Cleveland Browns jersey where they have all the names of the quarterbacks in the back. What about a shirt that says Avatar Two and it has the release date and it just has the New Year's dropping down from every time he's delayed it? That's what James Cameron should sell. Yeah, consistently broken down. That'd be a good shirt for us. Oh, you, so you mean it, it's a picture of like an internet drop down and like a, a <laughs> clicker and you don't know it's like it goes from twenty nineteen to twenty thirty two. Whenever a big cat gets gift shirts worked out, that would make a good gift shirt too. Well, the gift, the gift shirt is the Henry Cavill gift is the first mm. gift shirt that yeah. ever gets invented. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's Bond. Enough Bond. How about this one? Netflix. Who Netflix has been making? They've been pumping rom coms out like nobody's business. They come out with a new rom com every five minutes, and they're advertising a lot on TV right now too. But they apparently want to make big budget movies as big as Marvel or Lord of the Ring movies. That was the quote. Very interesting. Do we think this will work? Do we think this would be any good? Obviously, Bright was a big budget movie. We didn't hate Bright. And it rocked. We, weren't, we, were, we were in the fit of pretty <laughs> small minority of people who, who like enjoyed Bright. But do you yeah. think they should keep with their formula right now? Because people, for the most part, really like these rom-coms. Or should they, you know, I mean, what's the focus here? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I, f- I feel like Netflix, their batting average on original content is like 0.1667 right now. Oh, Round yeah. that up to 0.167. So, yeah, I support it because I'm still paying the same amount for Netflix. And I want to see it, whether it be an actual good movie or a train wreck. Like we, we've always given extra points to Netflix originals on this podcast just because of the ease of accessibility um so yeah uh do it netflix you know what do you have to lose yeah you, i do like all your money all your money maybe that's it <laughs> the uh the rom-coms they've been making are really good though did you go either of you guys see uh to all the boys i've loved before yet uh, no i had a friend last night who was saying it's fucking incredible so it is. I'm yeah i have to watch it it's very, very good decided to watch disenchantment instead yeah, I did both because I'm a big time movie and TV, but oh. unlike other people here, wow, or something. That's a good point. We should watch more movies. We'll we'll get to we'll get to watching more movies once my life settles down a little bit. Well, well also, all the boys I love before is a movie. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm, I just feel like uh, I feel like I should be watching more movies, and I'm very busy, so I feel like I'm the the bottleneck of this podcast. Now, your problem is that you live in an area where you don't get like we actually had a couple we have a couple audience questions and we had a couple that mentioned eighth grade and black Klansman. Ken Jack and I reviewed both of them on BarstoolSports.com. You can read our reviews. We love both of them, especially eighth grade. I know we, we really liked a lot, uh, but Trill's not been able to see them because they're just not in his area. So we will get to them like we're not we're not putting them off. But we will get to them. Those are though we're never going to do a court of Trill. And I, I feel like I've said this before, but I want to reiterate we're never going to do a court of trill for a movie that's going to be an Oscar contender. That's just disrespectful. Yeah. You know, so we're not going to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, my situation is I can drive 40 minutes to see these movies, but the issue is uh, just being a new parent and being a good husband. And it, you know, 
tough 80 minutes of drive time plus a two-hour movie. It's a lot to get away. So I'll do better going I don't think forward. Anyone yeah, no one blames. No one blames. I, 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 I'm just. I'm just, I just feel guilty. I don't want to let you guys down. I just I don't You're want not. to do the best job as possible on this podcast because we uh we're the big time movie boys. We're gonna be re- reviewing Happy Time Murders this week, which <laughs> I haven't seen like it yet, but boy. Crappy crappy time murder <laughs> just <laughs> murder not murdering the box office, reverse murder. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> sucking ass at the box office. Terrible performance. It's apparently horrendous. The reviews on our Reddit, people, I've seen the word unwatchable thrown around, thrown around a couple times on Reddit and on Twitter to us about Happy Time Murders. So we'll be reviewing it this week. <laughs> we, uh, what we need to do, we need to go back and play our original segment after, I think it was after the Super Bowl where we talked about how excited me and Jeff were about this movie and play Deadpool. it before the review. Yeah. Deadpool 2 is, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah let me just play that i can't wait looks great you guys are so there happy has- and I was like, this is gonna suck ass and none of you believe me i i like the concept like you can make a funny movie out of this but like obviously it was not written well like I, well we'll see i mean we're gonna see very quickly i'm sure i bet we know within the first 15 minutes why it's not a good movie like i'm gonna go in with an open mind but i mean like i have absolutely no expectations to like this now based on everyone reviewing it so oh boy We'll have a lot more on Happy Time Murders in the middle of the week. Uh, and and if Trill's able to see Black Clans in her eighth grade, we'll, we'll throw those in as well. But uh, for sure, Happy Time Murders. That will be reviewed. Um, okay, so Netflix, James Bond. How about this one? This is interesting. We, we actually talked about this, I believe, on the Fortnite stream. But let's get into it a little more. George Clooney okay. is the highest paid actor of 2018 i don't want to get into yet why he is because i think it's worth a little bit of a debate a useless meaningless debate which is perfect for our podcast here are the top 10 highest paid actors from 2018 uh number 10 chris evans captain america himself 34 million dollars makes sense right you know not surprising number nine bollywood actor and ken jack you're a bollywood fan tell me if i'm pronouncing any of these wrong uh salman khan Shah Rukh Khan. Right. That's how you say that? Shah Rukh Khan, yeah. He's like the Leonardo DiCaprio of uh, Bollywood. He actually makes like, I think, 40 times the amount that Leo makes money-wise. Wow. Well, he made $38.5 million this year. Number eight, Adam Sandler, which I'm actually surprised he isn't higher up on the list based on his Netflix deal, but he made $39.5 million. Uh, let's uh, Akshay Kumar. Is that how you say that one? Another Bollywood actor? I don't know who that is, actually. $40.5 million. So they're all really close. It's about to jump up the money. Will Smith, $42 million, number six. Kind of surprised by that a little bit, though, because Will Smith, I feel like, didn't do a ton, but he's going to be in Aladdin next year. Wait, I think it actually says why. Hang on. Let me let me backtrack. Uh, oh, Bright. Bright earned him $20 million. That makes sense. Uh, Jackie Chan, $45.5 million at number five. That makes sense. It's a guy that I imagine makes lots of money every year. Uh, starting to jump up a little bit. Number four, Chris Hemsworth, sixty-five million, which he had Ragnarok and Avengers: Infinity War like rolling into this, so that makes complete sense. Two massive movies for Marvel. Number three jumps up even more. Robert Downey Jr., eighty-one million. I would have actually guessed he was number one if I had not seen this list. Robert Downey Jr., eighty-one. I mean, he's been in everything basically, especially Marvel. Number two, actually, this would have been my guess for number one. I completely lied. I would have guessed The Rock. 
The Rocket number two, $124 million. And in our debate, I think it's worth noting, I'm going to say he should be number one. Number one, George Clooney, again, $239 million. But there's a caveat to this because uh, he and his buddies who created the tequila company, Casamigos, sold the company for $700 million. So that is what, I mean, obviously he would have made a lot of money anyway, but the Casamigos sale was a massive reason why he made Two hundred and thirty-nine million this year, and you know what? I don't like this list. I, I don't think that's how that should work. Exactly, it's disingenuous. That's cheating. Yeah, I agree with that. It should be. It should be how much? Yeah, how much you got paid for a movie, and then add that up. A movie or entertainment it could be TV, whatever. Because yeah, they could um, put like Kate Mara on this list because she's related to the Mars on net worth. Like that's yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, respect to George Clooney. Delicious tequila. That Casamigos. The, it's the really worst thing good. Is, it's disrespectful to The Rock because The Rock really was the highest earning yes. actor. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, for Sorry, sure. I mean, yeah, excuse me, DJ. Uh, yeah, I was, again, I didn't know that was why. And then when I saw it, I was like, well, wait a second. That's not, I mean, that's, that's like, I mean, that's, at what point do we just turn this into businessman? You know, like, yeah. I'm sure there's a, a couple people on the Forbes top 50, like overall, who were in a movie, right? And then at that, at what point are you like, yeah, like what? Like what noted if like act, Jeff- noted actor from uh, Iron Man Two, Elon Musk made a killing. He's now on our list. <laughs> yeah, like was <laughs> if Jeff Bezos was in a movie for five seconds this year, which he might have been. I mean, okay, right there, Jeff Bezos wins. So yeah, yeah I don't. Kobe, I don't Forbes- Kobe Bryant made a made a lot of money on uh, body armor. Yeah, and, and point. yeah, he was in a he won an Oscar this year too. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's a little. This is. I don't like this. Hey Forbes, coming at you here. But how many ad, how many ads Clooney. did you have to click through to to get like ten lists? Is it like thirty two <laughs> separate pages on Forbes? No, it's it's actually just a Forbes. I will I'll give credit to Forbes because Forbes. You, I think Forbes has a paywall. I don't know though. I know uh, that might be Wall Street Journal, but Forbes they're pretty good with their highest paid lists. They just present it because you're able to click through pretty quick uh, to get all ten. But yeah, the the Rock. The Rock was like a firm number two and then got destroyed by Clooney, like almost double. Do you think there are people at Forbes that try to get Wikipedia shut down just because it freely gives you lists of things that you don't have to click through ads for? <laughs> like it's just it's just Forbes versus Wiki. This is a nice free service. Yeah. It's very useful. They're just lo- they're lobbying on Capitol Hill for the shutdown of Wikipedia because we can't sort like uh, billionaires by their net worth. Or we can do it on on Wikipedia, but you need to go through the Forbes ad so you can see that Audi Q7 ad served to you. You know what? By the way, I just want to relate back to this. Trill, this, you're a touch older than us, so I, I'm not sure you can relate as much as myself and Ken Jack. But the stigma against Wikipedia while we were in high school and college was disgusting. Oh, yeah. It was disgusting. Like uh, librarians or like teachers like treated Wikipedia like it was the dumpster trash garbage of the earth. It's one of the most useful websites ever invented. Like, I mean, and, and now it is super protective. You really can't fuck with Wikipedia anymore at this point, especially on like a like a useful topic. So I just want to say. And if anyone has a problem with it, just just go to the citations at the bottom exactly. and use and use yeah. those. Incredible I can't resource. Argue against that. Wikipedia is probably the single most important website on the Internet. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say that. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to debate you. It's a, it's a great website. 
Can that, you imagine what would happen if Pornhub went down for like an extended period of time? I think the world would descend into chaos. Yeah, oh, I don't man. need your guys' response. Yeah, that that wouldn't be eyes. good. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be good. Didn't Kanye admit to being a Pornhub guy? Yeah, he's on Kimmel and he said he's a huge Pornhub guy. <laughs> Which, like, you're that's rich. Some, Fucking brand value right it. there. If there's anybody that could pay for a porn service, why not Kanye? Yeah, how how are the pay yeah. for services not sur- how are they surviving if Kanye isn't even like if he's using a free service? He's, that should be watching one, like another he stream on XNXX like instead of paying for it. You know, like the two arm memes that come together. It should be like regular <laughs> gonna, people yeah, and that. super rich people, and then not paying for <laughs> lurid material is. <laughs> the uniting point oh man what else i think that's it man there was another story joaquin phoenix doesn't care about expectations for the joker i think i'm just gonna applaud him there i don't need to go too much into that we've talked about the joker movie a lot i think that's i think that's a lie and whenever an actor says they don't care whenever an actor mm, i mean just because it's joaquin phoenix because yeah, 99% of the time when an actor says they don't care about stuff or they don't read what's written about them or they don't look at the box office numbers. I'm like, that's not true. Like you absolutely do all that. That's your, that's your livelihood. I think he is one of the strangest people in Hollywood, but like in kind of a good way, he is, he doesn't give a shit about most things. He's just there to do his job. Like brings his mom to everything. Never really brings a date to any of the award shows. He, makes up stories when he goes on late night TV. He just like makes up random bullshit stories to fuck with everyone. Like I just, I truly think he doesn't care, which is even better. Cause like, I, I mean, I'd, I'd rather that for someone like the Joker, who's just there to act and like have fun with it rather than sending severed rat heads to all of his fellow actors and shit like that. Well, if he doesn't care, he shouldn't be in the movie. How about that? Wow. Okay. Hollywood elite. Imagine, imagine an athlete, imagine an athlete saying, well, I, I don't care how the game goes. Skip Bayless would have a field day with that. I mean, but at the same time, uh, Brooks Kepka, who just is winning almost every major at this point, he like just doesn't give a fuck about anything in golf. He just goes out and does his job. That's basically what Joaquin Phoenix is doing. Yeah, but it, that's I, a counterpoint. I, look, I like Joaquin Phoenix, but I also you don't know. You could say it's his true personality to go out and make up fake stories and be weird and do all these things that make him likable, or you can say that that's a facade as well. I don't know what the answer is. It's hard to say in Hollywood. Joaquin Phoenix, come on the pod. Let's hear it firsthand. Yeah, and and please know, I just said that and said I like you, and I, I like I like your persona. You just don't know a persona is a persona. You know, he could be the most normie person in the world. He he probably owns seven Keurig coffee machines. Is that a normie move? Owning all those Keurig coffee machines? I think I think Keurig coffee machines is a very normie normie yeah, coffee. That, that's fair. That's very. You fair. not agree, Ken Jack? But no, you just you're spot on. I totally agree. Okay. Yeah. You, you look like you had a rough night last night. I'm gonna be honest, and it's kind of coming through in the audio. Like you're you're struggling a little bit. I'm making a fucking meme right now, my dude. He's memeing. Give me a. Okay. He's memeing. He's got the meme Sorry. eye. It's like it's like when uh, they try to disrupt all the social network. The guys in social network who are coding. He's fucking memeing. He's. I have. Yeah. A, I mean, I have. It's not, it's I not mutually apologize. exclusive. You are correct. I did have a rough night. <laughs> I gotta apologize. I uh I did not eat yet, so I'm I'm very angry. I need to be fed. Oh, great. Um yeah. I might get some of that Wendy's. Are we sponsored by food this week? No, we're not. But we are sponsored by that's your segue. Stitch fix. 
That's right. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that finds and delivers clothes, shoes, accessories to fit your body, budget, and lifestyle. Go to stitchfix.com slash lights and tell them your sizes. Get started now at stitchfix.com slash lights and you'll get an extra 25% off when you keep all five items in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash lights to get started today. You try them on, pay for only what you like, and return the rest. Shipping exchanges always free. Handpicked stuff from Banana Republic to, I don't want to say a wrong place, Banana Republic, J. Crew, like Under Armour. I think there's Nike in there, like just Ooh. any brand. It's not like Stitch Fix is just like making their own stuff, which I'm sure they, they do a good job, but they're sending you like actual places that you would shop. Uh, Stitch Fix styling fee is only 20 bucks. It's applied to anything you keep. Again, get started now at stitchfix.com slash lights, and you'll get an extra 25%. We set it up. We did it. Kept some stuff. Going to be looking good for the beginning of fall. I'll tell you that right now. Football season, you got to get – got to be looking good. If you're going to go to some tailgates, you're going to go to uh, some some bars to watch some games. I, I, I got to say, when these these companies that are essentially personal stylists and they, they mail you clothes, uh, when they first came on the scene, I was very skeptical, but – now that I'm older and I don't have much time for anything, it seems really cool to not have to worry about picking out clothes. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, they're, I don't they're like good it. For, it's stressful. Job. Yeah. They are you very go good. Into like, you ever go into Nordstrom Rack? You just, it's, it's, it's an overwhelming <laughs> experience. You ever go to um, uh, Burlington Coat Factory? I, I, I don't know. I don't, can't remember the last time I've been to a Burlington Coat Factory. Burlington Coat Factory is literally like I think as you that said this like they, there's somebody they pay to just walk in and throw everything on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> they just pay people to make the store look like shit all the time. <laughs> just the guy who r- runs around and just shoves fucking <laughs> shelves over, <laughs> just disorganizes everything. Like takes like fucking a giant parka and puts it in like the skirt section and then just like throws it on the ground. <laughs> it's a fucking Dude, disaster zone. I will say this brick and mortar shopping for clothes has become a miserable experience for me. It's something I used to enjoy. Um, Retailers have been hit hard over the last 15 years. I mean, obviously by the internet and then by, you know, people having less discretionary income during the the market crash or the, the economic, whatever you want to call it, 2008. Um, And you've seen stores closing, you've seen malls kind of tapering off and then Sometimes you do decide to go to a brick and mortar store and there's nothing more frustrating than them not having any inventory because they don't keep inventory anymore and saying, we can order that for you. And I, I, yeah. I'm like, no, well, you, you don't have to pay shipping. And I'm like, no, I, I would pay eight bucks to have that thing right now. Eight additional dollars for me to have that thing. And you know what? The free shipping you offer me, the free shipping you're going to offer me is is going to be that like fake, like service that reroutes through the u.s postal service and takes two weeks you, you guys know which one i'm talking about oh yeah i don't want to disparage in case stitch fix uses them yeah so you know, know what let's cut that hard. entire segment out because they probably use some no, that was good no that was good they're they're cutting out the middleman that's what stitch fix is doing so you don't have to go do it yourself you yeah, just I'm played just right saying, into their just, into their gendy well they got they got good clothes at these places it's just tough to go and not them not have inventory you know that's why you do stitch fix Right there. Cut out all that nonsense. Because I mean, remember, remember when people would go and get stuff from the back? That's not a thing anymore. Like a shoe store is different because that's when they keep everything. Nowadays, like if you go to like I will get I won't name names. You go to a store and you're like, yeah, can do you have any more in the back? They just they no. 
Like we, what you see is what you get nowadays. There is no back anymore. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, clothes shopping. Ever since my mom uh, told me she wasn't making clothes for me anymore, has has just become a real confusing thing for me. <laughs> Imagining you wearing handmade clothes just fits so well. <laughs> <laughs> or a denim jacket with like fucking Looney Tunes t- patches on it. A boy. A- a blazer made out of Haynes performance underwear. <laughs> uh, all right. So, again, get started now at stitchfix.com slash lights, and you'll get an extra 25% off uh, when, you, when you keep all five items in your box. at stitchfix.com slash lights to get started today. Again, we do it. Highly suggest. No BS here. We're being, we're being serious. What's the most fun thing to go to brick and mortar and shop for? And, and is it food now? Or are we so old that it's food? Yeah, it's food. Uh, no, I. I mean, shoes. I do. I do like shoes. I like. You gotta shoes. try them on. Yeah, yeah. You gotta try them on. Yeah. Um. All right. That's our sponsor, Stitch Fix. Thanks to Stitch Fix. They're one of our two sponsors today. All right. We're gonna talk about friends for a few minutes again. I do, oh, I know why. Because Trill ranked them randomly in our group message, and I said we have to do this. This is. I mean, for, there, there's a few things more normy than friends right now. Like it's the office the of office. friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Did you guys see that thing that guy posted in our Reddit of like the office restaurant? No. Holy shit. Can you guys look at that? And like right now I lo- watched it a little bit earlier tonight. It was, it gave me like fucking nightmares just looking at it. It is seriously the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. What is we'll it? Pull it up. Okay. Um, you, you pull it up. You, you pull it up. I'll explain what we're going to do. We're going to rank all six main characters of Friends. You already did it at home. You ranked them. Big results. Surprise result a little bit for me. Uh, Kenjek, not a big Friends fan. I think you're going to rank him anyways. And then I think you got a plot or something. I don't know. We're just going to fuck around here for a few minutes. Now we're going to do we're going to do some audience questions. We got a couple questions tonight. So little Friends talk. Because there's people always talk about a Friends reunion and a Friends movie. And you know what? Seems fitting. We'll talk about it. But all right, let's see here. It's just, just I, I swear to God, it's like the most cringeworthy thing I've ever seen in my whole life. This is on Thrillist. What is it? Oh, is it an office pop-up restaurant? Yeah, or pop-up bar. Pop-up bar. Already sounds mm. awful. Video hasn't loaded yet. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh. It's not even that loading looks, for me. Oh, here we go. Very uncomfortable to be in. This bar lets you drink like you're at the... Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh no! Oh man! And you're oh like the Jello stapler and all that shit. So you're just sitting at desks, basically. Yeah, look this up. It's a pop-up office restaurant. We should send Ken Jack there. You should have to sit there for a consecutive twelve hours without. Where leaving. is it? Where's this location? I didn't even look it, at that. Get that far. Replay Lincoln <laughs> Park is is that be a Chicago thing? Chicago, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh no! Fuck that. Oh no! Just like going around eating and talking about how loud the theme song of the office is when you first hit play yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> Walking around repeating the same. Did you guys see the CPR scene with Dwight? So freaking funny, man! Oh my god! Oh, Jim and Pam relationship goals, man. I'm just I, I felt that like fuck you. Oh, they do their own Dundee's award show when it's catered. Oh, I'm going to get another sponsor. I need to cool off. So so wait. So it's it's basically like Chuck E. Cheese for adults, right? So <laughs> every fifteen minutes they do a little entertainment. <laughs> it basically is. Oh no! Oh, 
So we're watching the video, and the MC just did a "That's what she said" joke. It is. It's. it's this is Chuck E. Cheese for adults. Oh, oh man, that's tough. I don't. I don't know how long, how, how long I'd be able to sit there and do this. Can did you did you hear that while you're getting a seltzer? Okay, yeah. What are what are the only appropriate bar themes? Right, like there's there's a few like Luau Tiki Bar is pretty fun. Irish, that wouldn't be your first guess. I mean, that's an obvious one. I mean, but there's a lot of those. Luau Tiki, that works though. But if I'm like in insert Midwest city or fuck New York and it's freezing cold, that's the last kind of bar I want to be in because the disappointment when you leave that bar and go back into the bitter cold would stink. I would hate uh, you know, that. like cr- Christmas bars are kind of fun sometimes, like the pop up ones. They're kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. I've always said this used to be a Twitter joke of mine, but they need to have a bar that is like your team just won a championship. So the whole thing's like a locker room that has tarp all over it and people are wearing goggles and just spraying champagne all over the place. Have you ever done one of those uh, headphone bars or the silent discos where everyone's listening to the same music? You guys have done that shit? No, I haven't. But like I I don't know if you guys have. I I don't think I would be able to do one of those. But I think... I mean, I've heard I've heard people say they like them. True. You ever go to a a, a steampunk bar? No. <laughs> Out of all three of us, I would have assumed you might have. My Johnny Five Aces costume. <laughs> That's <laughs> the deep cut right there. <laughs> Did you? Somebody posted in our Reddit too. Did you see Jimmy's famous seafood roast Zach Levine? Yeah. NBA player Zach Levine. Did you see that Wait. trail? Zach Levine. I didn't see that. I, I just saw where they were. Uh, they were going hard against Peta, which yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, your brand. Into that. It, it's a guy says, "How about Zach Levine instead?" Mike is. Uh, I don't know who he was talking about, but he's this guy said Zach Levine, and then Jimmy's famous seafood said, "How about you give us the seventy-eight million you wasted on Levine, and we give you free crab cakes for life?" And Zach Levine replied, "I'm allergic to shellfish anyway." And then they replied, "And defense." What do you like? What do you fucking do when a fucking two-bit restaurant chain just dunks on you on Twitter? Or like it's just not even dunking. That's just being fucking nasty. That's just being mean. <laughs> like there's no other way to look at it. They've yeah. been real out of pocket the last like 24 hours. They've been going after some people, and it gets like real personal. And that's where it gets not funny. When you do like a lighthearted roasting of somebody, that's cool. But when you're like yeah like i fucked your mom like that's not cool anymore like you get they got went super overboard you just need to be like when someone comes after you and you're a restaurant brand all you need to do is quote tweet them with like you sound mad and that for me is a thousand times funnier than going and then get some personal attack like that yeah I, I i will say it again the heyday of twitter were when brands were brands and super nice and respectful and then when people just completely shat all over them they had nothing to do but to respond and be like please dm us if you have any problems adam <laughs> with xbox you remember that and then like, the, xbox, the xbox support was was crazy because they had 24 7 around the clock help so you could just dude, tweet at awesome. xbox anytime you want say xbox they got a problem they're like what is it my wife left me and this this was funny <laughs> back then right so it's not funny anymore because it's played out but it was funny back then, and the person would be like, let me know if you have any Xbox-related questions. They didn't try to dunk on you. They were very polite. Then Now you have brands telling you to go fuck yourself and come in and buy a burger. I don't, I can't get on board with that. And they're like, they're retweeting sporting news, sporting news tweets, Jimmy Seafood is not holding back. See, now you're just enabling it. 
Yeah, I was going to go after everyone. Because it became their website, and it always was their website because it always is an advertisement-based website. I get that. But then they started taking over. Just like, if you're going to advertise to us, let us let us be antagonistic towards brands without them clapping back. And I'm terrified of Wendy's now, and I shouldn't have to live that way. Uh, I'm looking at one from Xbox support in 2011. Uh, at Xbox support, I have reason to believe that there are wasps living in my Xbox 360 console. Please give me some advice. And they have to respond politely. So they're like, what led you to believe that wasp are listing in your <laughs> Xbox 360? <laughs> Twitter accounts. Oh, you posted the meme. That's great. Poor people, rich people not paying for porn. That's good. That's a good meme. Good, good mid pod meme. That was very successful. No, Trill interrupted you very rudely at one point and called you out. Yeah, Good I was meme. just trying to be your mouthpiece for Twitter. And wow, you even gave him a you gave him the fucking via too. Credited you. Wow. Yeah. After you shed on me. Wholesome values here. All right, we gotta get back to friends. We gotta get back to friends. Um th- th- I feel like there should be like a f- somebody should make a roadmap of every episode. I feel like there's a really good fan out there, a good audience member. I'll even say listener, just to get some of the dudes where they could list all of our topics in an episode and then do a roadmap of why we got from one topic to the other. Because that mm-hmm. one started out at Friends and then led all the way to Jimmy's Seafood. <laughs> do it like the uh, Indiana Jones map sequence, which is like the fucking following it from like one area yeah. to another. That'd be so you, funny. You do that once an episode and get on some wild tangents. Um, all right, friends, though. We're going to rank friends characters. We're not going to do like we normally do where we spend 30 minutes doing it. We're just going to – well, we might. But just rank them six through one. Churl Bollins, I'll let you go first. The top six main characters in friends. Okay, so I, I got I get six friends as, as there are. Um, there's three tiers, okay? Ooh. So tier three, tier three starts uh, with six with Phoebe. I, I, I don't hate Phoebe. I just think she's the worst friend um, <laughs> because I, I, I think her overly wacky antics don't play well. I, I don't know why she's friends with the rest of them because she never provides any meaningful insight into their problems. Um, her songs suck. Smelly Cat is not a good song. And uh, her, her dating choices are all like she also dates like uh, like the, the worst iteration of Paul Rudd. Right. Mm. Yeah. And also That's someone else. True. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we, don't have to get, we mentioned we already gave him a drop last week twice. Phoebe, All right, number you four. Cu- <laughs> <laughs> you guitar play. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number five. Number five for me is Ross. Now, I could argue that Ross is a worse character than Phoebe. Um as a viewer, I, I think he, he fits in with the friends a little more, but the issues with Ross are this. He, he's, he's whiny, he's annoying, and he's a horrible father. He's, he is one of the worst on-screen fathers in television history. He has a kid very early on in the series, and you see that kid maybe three more times during the entire run. It's completely wild. No disrespect to David Schwimmer. I like David Schwimmer. The character of Ross is just not good. And that is my tier three. Am I go to tier two? Oh, yeah. Well, wait, uh, tier oh, yeah. two. Just... Okay, I'm just going through. Tier two uh, goes up a level. These characters are likable. The, these are likable mainstays in the Friends universe. I have no major complaints against them other than I, I like tier one better. And it's four, Monica, and three, Chandler. And tier two happens to be married in the series. Um, Monica is funny. 
I, I like the way uh, she uh, she brings she brings a lot to the friend group. You know, she she brings money to the table. She has good insight. Uh, her personality is very type A, which plays against uh, others very well. And then three is Chandler. Chandler. Some people would rank Chandler number one. Okay, people love Chandler. Chandler's the wise cracking uh, beta male of the friends group. He is uh, very very sarcastic. For me, I, I like him, but he—he's he, not enough to get into tier one for me. Uh, right. Tier one starts tier one. with Rachel. I love Rachel. I think Rachel's a great character. She has an she has an arc through the series. In the first episode, she leaves her husband to be at the altar because of second thoughts. She cuts up her dad's credit cards, and then she grows into a very good, very caring, nurturing friend. She brings a lot to the friend group. She's also very funny. She she is the the one of the funnier friends. She she always has a witty comeback. Um, and my number one is Joey. Now a lot of people would disagree with this. Joey's an idiot. Okay, the character of Joey is a complete idiot. He has an annoying catchphrase. How are you doing? It's stupid. <laughs> but Joey Joey is the one to have your back most of all. Joey will have your back. If you remember the episode where Chandler slept with one of his sisters, Joey had his sister's back, but still forgave Chandler for that indiscretion. So I think Joey is the chillest friend and he also has the most interesting job. So he's number one on my list. Okay. That's actually, I like that list. Not too different from my, uh, in a few areas. Yes. Kenjek, do you want to rank them? What, what are you going to do here? Yeah, I, I can give it a ranking. Um, I right, fired off. So number six is Ross. And only because I watched band of brothers before I ever saw a single episode episode of friends and he was a real asshole in band of brothers and then when i saw him in friends he was still kind of an asshole and in moses job he was a deadbeat dad but he was also like a museum curator or something right in friends yeah i make that up an archaeologist yeah paleontologist whatever yeah so he's like a similar incel he's incel indiana jones i don't like him at all (laughs) um then we got phoebe number five she's just weird and i don't like her um chandler number four just because everyone loves Chandler and like he's one of those like super normie picks where everyone's like, but he's so sarcastic. It's so funny. Like, yeah, that was super groundbreaking in like 1982 or whatever. And it's just not, <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Um, and then three, I got Joey and he is an idiot and I hate his catchphrase a lot, but he's a lovable oaf. And I didn't know the part that Trill just mentioned earlier. But that would have, if I knew it beforehand, I might have boosted him up a bit. And then two and one, um, I have Rachel and Monica. I respect my queens for putting up with everyone else on this list's stupidity. Um, and I know Monica was a chef too. That's pretty cool. And I didn't know that Rachel left, got left at the altar. I left someone at the altar, but that's pretty badass. And I respect the shit out of that. So yeah, I got Ross, Phoebe, Chandler, Joey, Rachel, and then Monica. But you guys tell me if that's a good list. All right, Ken, Trill, you have some comments. I think they're all good list. I I, I don't. I think it goes back to personal preference. Um, like a character like Phoebe, I could see some people really liking Phoebe because Lisa Kudrow as an actress is is one of my favorite Friends actors. Okay, I, I am on the Lisa Kudrow train. They just the character was just very random, and I don't like that really random style of like smelly cat humor. Um. I agree a little bit with Chandler being overrated. He he was very over the top. They mellowed his character out a little bit in later seasons. Um, and I like uh, Rachel and uh, Monica. Both are the glue that held the friend group together. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, that is very true. And, and that's one of the reasons in, in the later seasons, uh, there was a plot point where Joey and Rachel had a thing together and it was very poorly received because it was so forced. I also don't like the fact that Ross's sniveling, stupid, whiny butt was destined for Rachel. She deserves more than Ross. Honestly, she deserves be better dead. than Ross. So I would have rather have seen Rachel with Joey, even though the plot line was forced and didn't feel right. Um, by the way, I just want to note that on the TV above me right now, there's a new NBC doctor show coming out where the main character is Ryan Eggold, who plays Tom in The Blacklist. Big oh, news for, yeah, for all Black. Also, he was in Black Klansman, too. Tom from Blacklist is Black Klansman. Uh, but yeah, yeah good, great points. Guy. Very good points, Trill. Uh, we'll see what you say about my list here. Number six for me is Monica. Uh, is that's she's the one that annoys me the most. I'm more often than not annoyed by Monica uh, in in Friends. Number five, we all have Ross in similar spots. Uh, I have Ross at five. Kendra, you had him last. True, I have him at five as well. Number four, Rachel. Uh, I think Rachel probably could have been last for me, actually. Uh, really? Super annoying. Super annoying yeah. as well. I, I, I like she's... her in later seasons more. She grows. She, she has the fullest arc of any Friends character. She does get off the plane, too. That's probably the best part of her character arc. Uh, three, I, I like Phoebe. I'm sorry. I, I think her humor is, I think she might be quietly smarter than the rest of them. I think they're big, dumb idiots, and she's just above them and has to try and pander down to their levels. Uh, number two. Rappaport. I don't know if you remember that part. <laughs> Was that a part for a galaxy brain strategy? Yeah, he played himself, too, in in the show. Yeah. Uh, number two, <laughs> Chandler Bing. I know. Number two, sorry. Yes, will be humor. Uh, Chandler Bing, number two. I don't know why. Just I couldn't put him any lower. Number one for me. Number one by a mile. Joey. Like uh, that was. That's an easy number one. I agree with you, Trill. I I think Joey's the funniest. Uh, He's the character that gets me the most consistent laughs. I had to go Joey. Uh, Audience. This is the one that matters. It's the one that counts. Audience number six. Ross. And I'll tell you how close all these were. So the top three. We're the t- one and two were close. Three was by by itself. The bottom three were all very very close. Uh, Ross actually had the fourth most first place votes, but didn't matter in the end because Ross is last. Number five, Phoebe. Number four, Monica. So Monica, Phoebe, Ross, four, five, and six. Uh, <laughs> Ross is last. Sorry to. Uh, Sorry to Ross here. I thought Ross would be much higher, honestly. But on all of our lists, Ross does not go any higher than five. Uh, number three, Rachel, kind of in the middle of the pack, uh, had 2,100 points. 2,500 points, number two, Joey, and then running away with it at the top. The most first-place votes, hands down. Only person to have over not just 150 first-place votes, but over 200, and then over 250 and 300, Chandler. Chan- it wasn't even close. Chandler was number yeah. one by a mile. I see. I didn't expect that. I actually, if I would have predicted, I would have thought Ross would have been number one from the audience. Though, Trill, no, dude, I, you Chandler, may disagree with me, Trill. Chandler's the most normie person ever. Chandler, like, is like the it epitomizes what the office is in a singular character. I, I, I think though, Chandler is the most. I think Chandler's the character that the viewer can insert themselves in into the show because he is he is somewhat the voice of reason. So I, I, I guess I get that pick. Now, I, yeah. I, I want to say this. I want to say this before I forget it, because I'm going to forget it. The real MVP of Friends was, was Gunter, 
the barista at Central Perk. And um, the actor's name was James Michael Tyler. And I think he appeared in something like 90% of all of the episodes. And he gets residuals as well. And that's pretty what's baller. His name Gunther? Yeah, I pronounce it Gunther. Is that how they properly. say in the fucking show? I don't know. I it could be Gunther. I Gunther just, just sounds Gunther, Gunther sounds gross. Gunther sounds <laughs> refined. It sounds like you're watching a different version of Friends. He always had the best outfits too, by the way. He had fantastic ties. <laughs> always stuck out. Uh does this good, Joey? Yeah. <laughs> Watch the the knockoff friends. Uh, okay, that's our friends list. But guess what? We're not done. Ken Jack. People want the friends movie. If there's a a normie meme that pops up more than anything, I feel like it's the fake friends NBC logo, and then it'll say like fall 2018. Like the fake friends is coming back thing always circles around. You know they've all said they're not going to do it. I mean, I mean, of course Joey had his own or. Matt LeBlanc had his own show, Joey. Actually, have you guys seen the the Matt LeBlanc show episodes? It's apparently a very good show. I've never watched Mm-mm. it, though. No. He's it's also in very Top good. Gear. Yeah, show. right. Right, right. Uh, okay, Kenjek, you made the plot to the Friends movie, correct? Yeah, uh, to an extent. I mostly just did, like, the character summaries and then did a little bit of the plot, like the basics. Uh, I and, and how many... Well, let, yeah, let's clarify. How many episodes of Friends have you seen? Just to clarify your stance on Friends. Like maybe five, six, <laughs> if that. Uh, I would say if that. And I'm not a big Friends guy. Um, anything pre-2000, I probably haven't seen a ton of episodes of. Uh, so I, this is all working off of what my working knowledge of Friends, which is obviously limited to a degree. Uh, all right. So the sun rises over hopeful Manhattan. Taxis are driving, people are walking, and everyone's on their cell phones. The title screen shows Friends 2018. Uh, Chandler is a social media manager for Papa John's, so obviously things aren't going very well. Uh, Monica comes home and asks him how his day at work was. Oh, just great, he replies very sarcastically. Uh, Monica is a professional Yelp reviewer and is known for being very mean. And they live with their one kid in Brooklyn, and they hate their lives. Phoebe lives in the basement of their townhouse and is a vibe manager for a local hotel. And Joey is a YouTube celebrity. He makes videos about his day-to-day life, and uh, he goes by his username, Futbucker420. <laughs> um, uh, Rachel... AS- ASMR celebrity. <laughs> it's me, Joey. How you doing? That would have been better than mine. Um, Rachel is an Instagram model and spends her days promoting an endless list of shitty products on her story like Pig Vestment and Bloomby, which are just two random things I made up. Uh, Ross works for Ice. Uh, they all hang out for the first time in, in a while and get in a big disagreement. <laughs> Sorry, what did you guys reaction? Uh, uh, but yeah, they all hang out for the first time in a while, and they get in a big disagreement, and it escalates to the point where they agree to do a televised six-way boxing match to settle their beef. And that's as far as I got with it, but I'm, I'm open to suggestions to get past that point. Wow. That is... 
the the heel turns on some of the jobs. It's, it, I mean, I would watch it. It's worth the watch. Troll, would you watch that movie? Gunter owns a successful electric car company. Stop calling him Gunter. <laughs> Why the fuck do you keep calling him Gunter? Uh, yeah, I'd watch it. I mean, the six-way boxing match, that's not really in line with the characters. Um, but, you know, if we're seeing five episodes of Friends and coming up with a summary, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to invest in this. Oh, I, real quick, quick question. Uh, 100% Jennifer Aniston has had the most successful post Friends career, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's... So well, then here, the more interesting question is who's second? Uh, sh- uh, Schwimmer, I guess. has been more stuff. <sighs> I think it would be either Kudrow or Schwimmer. Well, Schwimmer would... was in Banner Brothers, and Banner Brothers won awards, and he was also in the OJ yep. thing, which was at least liked by the audience audience members yeah, but lisa kudrow is an easy a juice juice what are you doing juice what, what, juice. what are you doing over here juice that was infuriating in that fucking I show would... he got nominated too right yeah it's so, like not I mean, a good I, performance matt leblanc got nominated for a lot too but it's only one thing it was only one show and but top gear as well top gear is popular but isn't top gear insanely popular overseas too yeah britain right like, you, yeah, Britain fucking loves Top Gear. That's that's a tough well, one. Lisa Kudrow was in uh, in uh, Neighbors as well, and I'm then sure she was that. also yeah also a voice in Boss Baby. And let's let's see what she's been doing in television. I feel, I feel like we're disrespecting Courtney Cox here because I think she was like supposed to be the premier actress coming out of France. She was. Kind of I, she, I think she's done well. I think they've all done yeah. relatively well. I think we're just ranking who's done well, the most well. Yeah. Shout out to all of them. Friends, what a show! It's on, it's on Netflix. If you weren't aware, you could watch net. You could watch Friends on Netflix. Uh, okay, quickly before we get into a couple audience questions, we have another sponsor this episode. The wonderful, wonderful company for buying tickets to any event, SeatGeek. We all have SeatGeek on our phone. We've talked about this many times. You know, talking about events we want to go to. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices, find amazing deals. You got to make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals, especially if you're a listener here, an audience member. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LIGHTS today. That's promo code LIGHTS for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. You should, even if you don't have the promo code, you should use it anyway. Like even if the, you're past it being your first purchase, you got to use SeatGeek because SeatGeek, you can, you can truly score big. Ken Jack, there was a, a, an event that caught your eye on SeatGeek. Am I right? Yeah, uh, Cottonmouth Kings is playing at Wally's Pub in uh, Hampton, New Hampshire, and I just thought I had to go and catch that if I get the chance. Uh, oh, before I forget, can we uh, end up, round out the pod on Tangerine Sky by Cottonmouth Kings? You know what? Of course we can. <laughs> I feel like you're lying to me. Actually, I promised Trill already that I'd use a song, so please, Trill, say the song so I can play it, and then I can get credit for playing a song you suggested. What was the song? The acoustic version of Thunder by Imagine Dragons. Okay, I lied. If it's not on Spotify, I won't be playing it, but I think it is. Okay, fine. Just go look for it. It's very good. (laughs) It's not like a Andrew Sky. I have an an event I'm really thinking about doing. Okay? Okay. You ready for this? (laughs) Yes. On October 30th, 
in Denver, Colorado at the Pepsi Center, okay, if you will, like October 30th, the day before Halloween, huge party weekend in every city. Pepsi Center, it's going to be explosive. Like the crowds are going to be huge. It's Josh Groban. Hell yeah. You just need a little You Raise Me Up? A little Josh Groban and Adina Menzel together the night before Halloween at the Pepsi Center. Didn't they do Colorado? I'm I'm going to make the trek up there. Mine or I'm down go there, depending on depending on where you want to think I live. Yeah, true. Or cross there, uh, or just that's your backyard. Who knows? I got one in Thackerville, Oklahoma. I think it's Thackerville or Tackerville, whatever it is. The Windstar Casino is insanity, massive casino. Uh, I'm going to go see Steve Martin. Sure, that's an okay part of this, but one of my favorite actors of all time and my favorite TV character of all time. He plays Jiminy Glick, Martin Short. Nope. Martin Short and Steve yeah. Martin. That's a hell of a duo. And the poster has to be great, too, because it's Steve Martin Short. Just combine their names. Are you guys big Jiminy Glick fans? Remember Jiminy Glick? That was a character. I, I, no, I, I didn't like it. I didn't get it at the time, I don't think. <laughs> well, I mean, are you telling me you like it now? I don't, I don't think I ever watched it. I'm just looking at more events on SeatGeek. Like, there's one... October 6th, Ed Sheeran with Snow Patrol in Nashville, Tennessee. You know what? I, I'm I'm going to go for Snow Patrol and leave before Ed Sheeran. Ooh, that's that bold. I, I'm just there for Snow Patrol. Yeah. That's not going to you're going. Not going to derail a pod with a True Detective Season 3 trailer just dropped. What? Really? Wait, who's in it? Maharshal Ali. Oh, wait. Was that already announced? Yeah, that was announced. Okay. I forgot about that. Hmm. Interesting. Did you guys like the second one? Second season? I didn't I didn't I didn't really care for that one. The second first, season uh, is some of the worst TV ever made. I, I didn't I uh, yeah, I didn't like it very much. I thought um I'm trying to remember like what all happened. It just was Vince Vaughn's it was, character is one of the worst villains ever can even conceived. It was so so bad. Yeah, it was weird. They held that that whole orgy scene was just very weird. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Uh all right, we gotta answer a couple audience questions. Gotta do it. We got about ten minutes left. Why not? Let's go for it. Here we go. We'll do we'll do some movie ones this week too, folks. What is the first movie you not your parents or a relative bought a physical copy of like with your own money. The first movie you bought a movie, the first movie you bought with your own money. I got Ooh. mine. I'll start off with mine. Hmm. I, uh, it was, it was some, some money I got for a graduation or something. I bought on DVD, the Mark Wahlberg banger planet of the apes, oh. planet of the apes Good on God. DVD <laughs> on a digital video disc. On DVD, I bought wow. Planet of the Apes. Yep. <laughs> Mine's boring. I bought I bought the Matrix. When did the Matrix come out? Ninety nine. Oh, okay. Planet of the Apes came out two thousand one, right? Okay, so I would say if I bought a DVD before you did, that's wild. But no, you 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 bought it before me. That's fair. No, I didn't. Um... I mean, that's, uh, let's see, I was like 15 at the time. That's, that's when I was like mowing yards and stuff. So I had, I had a little bit of my own money. God, that Planet of the Ace movie was so fucking bad. 
There were some big names in that too at the time too. Helena Bonham, Helena Bonham Carter, Mark Wahlberg, Tim Roth, Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace. Paul Giamatti, a cringeworthy character. Cr- I mean, the whole movie's fucking cringeworthy. It's it's a horrendous movie. Unwatchable too. I would I would border on saying it is completely unwatchable. Uh, all right, Ken Jack, what's the first one you bought? Your own money, first movie. Uh, I don't think I ever bought a DVD. If that makes sense, I bought a I bought a streaming movie before. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what it would be. I think it would be maybe The Force Awakens. It's like the last one I can remember buying on streaming, or the first one I can remember buy, like physically going to buy the copy, even though it was like nineteen something mm. or nineteen fifty. I'm not a big movie buying guy. I think I've said this before. I've never you understood know, we, yeah. buying movies. I never gotten it, but I know some people like it. So no I used hate. To. Yeah, I used to do it. Tuesday, Tuesday, Best Buy guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, what else here? We got what? What would be the worst food smell to have in a movie theater? Like, what is the one food smell that would drive you out of the movie theater? And you can't pick like poopy. You, you can't pick like like durian fruit. You know, like that fruit that smells like complete shit. Like it's got to be like a realistic thing. Like nobody would bring durian fruit into a movie. Have you smelled durian fruit? Isn't it terrible? Well, I'm just asking if you. It's supposed to be terrible, but I'm asking if you personally smelled it. It's, oh, it's no. on my bu- it's on my bucket list. Oh, I would actually love to give it a try. I mean, it's apparently it's like one of the worst smelling things in the world. The um, when garlic and parmesan meet on the buffalo wild wing sauce, <laughs> that is one of the most offensive odors in the world to me, next to oysters, Rockefeller. But I had to give it, if I smelled that Parmesan garlic buffalo wild wings smell in that movie theater, I'd be out of there. Because it's hard it's hard to tell if that's actually hot wing or if it's somebody's feet. Well, uh, when we went uh, to see Deadpool 2, the person next to me actually smelled like shit. And it was just an old man pooping in his diapers. And that didn't force me to leave. So I think if that, <laughs> if an old man actually shitting his pants and smelling his poopy didn't make me leave, I don't know what will. So I don't know. I'm going to take a pass on this question. Oh, wow. You just can't. Okay. Um, I would say like eggs, like hard boiled eggs or something like that would suck. Like no one's going to bring in like seafood, but like, like what's what movie? Oh, Logan Lucky, like uh, Daniel Craig character gets the, the eggs out of the vending machine. Like I wouldn't be shocked if somebody in New York daily brought hard boiled eggs into a theater. Someone's there sitting eggs next to me. That's going to be tough for me to handle. Though, Matt, what do we see? Already oh, player one. We thought we smelled rotten eggs. We turned around the guy had his fucking shoes off the whole time. Yep. Yep. That's I mean, psychopath just, behavior. That's just that's just disgusting. That's just gross. Uh, yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to go with hard boiled eggs. I mean, obviously, like if you bring fish in, like reheating fish, that's bad, too. Mm, that right, bad. We'll do, uh, we'll do we'll do two more here. Uh, Trill. This was for just yes. for you, Trill. Oh, cool. Who is the worst type of person in the office? Not the show, but like in an office. Who's the worst type of person? Um, I call them the pass through. Okay. So corporate America is set up where 20% of people do 80% of the work. It's the whole 80 20 rule everyone always talks about. Um, there's a structure of people who don't do anything except take your work and cascade it elsewhere. Um, and it's not even about the credit. It's the fact that they're constantly asking for your work. And then when they can't explain it, they come back to you, ask you to explain it to them. And then they, um, why don't you just have me go deliver my work to who you're going to? 
Um, but nope, that's their job. Now, if we're going for like common office, like archetypes, mm-hmm. um, that one's tough. Like I, I think I'm, I'm pretty impervious to being annoyed by people at the office because I, I just go in and uh, do my job. I know that sounds cliche. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think because like I I, I don't want to like say anything real specific that would like talk about any specific types of people I've ever worked with. Like what about you, Jeff or Ken Jack? Like can you can you help me out with this? Like get my brain the, going. I'm- the it's it's the type of person who you were you were kind of on the right track where I would go. It's the person who needs your help and you give the help. And they they take all the credit, not like savagely, like they won't like sweep the rug out from under you to take your good credit, but they'll get the credit and they know they will. So they'll harass you for it. But the second you fuck up, their bus is driving over you within a millisecond. It's the credit takers, but bus drivers who will run you over when you if if it doesn't go well. And it's typically Mm -hmm. their fault still. I like to think of corporate America um, and I'm just talking about like the class that you know isn't an executive or upper management and stuff but it, it, essentially to me it is um it is worms okay worms is the work and then there are big birds and then there's a big nest of a lot of little baby birds and it's up to the big birds to chew up the worms and then barf them into the mouths of the baby birds who won't shut up unless you give them like what they want and you're like okay, baby bird, it's time for you to leave the nest and learn how to do something on your own. And they just sit there and, and keep keep wanting you to do stuff. And and yeah. I'm talking about people who are like, um, thanks for putting that spreadsheet together for me by just copying this one spreadsheet into another one. Um, can you do it again for me next month? And I'm like, why don't you learn how to do it? Because people just don't help themselves. Yeah. I think uh, if I had to pick one, it would just be anybody over the age of 45. That's my least favorite office people. <laughs> Just the worst people to work with on the planet. And the industries I've worked in have always been old dominated. And it's like, please help me. My my fucking computer is broken. And it's like their monitor is off. Like it's anybody over 45. <laughs> yeah. I just I can't handle it. I, I will disagree with you uh, on this, this specific example. People over the age of 55 who are still like um, individual contributor like roles do not give a single fuck. And they are some <laughs> of the most fun. They're some of the most fun. They don't manage anybody. Their career's at like where they want to be. They're getting paid bank. They're just trying not to rock the boat, but they will say whatever they fucking want to. They can be some of the most fun people to work for. It's the, it's the career ladderists that you also have to work out for too. Like people that will step on you to get whatever they want. But uh, yeah, I've been there. I mean, there's a lot I of mean- people that that i don't think i like but like what's a common example like the guy who talks too much at the office like i can't say that like i like when people talk to me fuck that that's why i go in i had a, a pretty interesting job for an archaic industry like tv because like there's people who've been there for so long and like the idea of infusing social media into tv has never really been figured out especially for news and so it would boil down to people being like okay hey we need a hashtag for this event that no one's going to who anyone interested in is not going to ever tweet about what is it? How do we make it go viral? That's like the bane of my existence. My last job. It's like, Hey, we're doing a, 
a two-part series for 15 minutes or, or for five minutes each day on why lemon water is the best way to lose weight. It's like, what's the viral hashtag that can get us trending and beating our competitor? It's like, ah, it's not really, it's not really how it works. But that was mean. That's like all I ever dealt with. So, so yours is also olds. <laughs> olds, yeah, it's olds. That's basically what it boils down to. Though I know who Trill's talking about because there are some people. Who, I mean, yeah. We, we can agree, and I can agree on both sides there. I, I basically <laughs> let me boil it down the to this: but both the both the pass through and the baby bird example. My biggest pet peeve is when somebody does not, if you're offering them help and they do not take the initiative to be inquisitive about something and either learn the process if they can't do the process to better understand how you're helping them or to learn how to do it themselves. That's what I cannot stand. You know what I don't like either is nickname people like anybody in the office who likes to give people nicknames or just say nicknames and emails. Like there's one guy I worked with who like he'd make a point anytime on an email to me to be like, thanks, bud. Like, stop trying to assert dominance over me, you fucking wolf. And then like I would reply to him with increasingly like more passive aggressive nicknames. So he would say, bud, I would say chief. He would say, bud, again, I would say like squirt. And like I would just keep making it more, more the worst, dude. Dude, Squirt's like scorched I'm, earth. Squirt? I don't know how he didn't swing on me, but like I had to do it to make the point. Like, stop fucking calling me bud, asshole. What's the most annoying way to have someone uh, sign an email to you? Is it cheers or is it best? <laughs> I or is it when they just finish? Or is it just the worst. Is when they finish with their initials, like not their name. It's just like it's like Ken Jack's writing me an email and he just says KJ. Like, yeah, I know who you are. Like, you, your initial is not personalizing this for me. It's not like you're putting a fucking wax stamp and a kiss on it. It'll always be, for me, the 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 worst, unless you fuck up. But if someone's just, like, telling you to do something and it's, like, not, you didn't mess anything up, is when they just end it with thanks, period. That's the fucking worst. That, like, that'll put me into a fit of rage. If, like, I didn't oh. do anything wrong and they, and they need you to do something because they <laughs> fucked up and they just go, thanks, period. It's like, God. Mm. Dude, yeah. This con, I okay. I love whoever sent this question in, but you have to know you have you have started causing me to go into a dark spiral at eight forty two <laughs> p.m. when I should not be doing this until at least twelve hours from now. Um, thanks, thanks in advance. The worst, the worst is please advise. Fuck please <laughs> yeah! advise. Yeah. Fuck please advise. Fuck, fuck that. I oh. hate that. I hate when people say that. Please advise. Like, where did that come from? Like, when did it stop? Ten years ago, people never used to say "please advise." I feel like it's like popped up. It. I don't know why. Oh man! Ah! Give, 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 give a good example. Give a good example. So, an example: you need Excel help, and you're coming to me, and you write this big email of like what you're trying to do, and you're saying, "I have this problem. Do you have any solutions for it?" Please advise. Like <laughs> you're asking me the questions above, like my, my advisor role will be answering those questions. You don't need to request that by saying, please advise, because I would answer those questions anyway. Thanks like, in advance what, is pretty bad too, though. Oh, thanks in advance is just straight up. If you're pissed at somebody like Man, thanks in advance is, is an email you get from the office manager when you've just been fucking dumping your tilapia crusted lean cuisines in the fridge after <laughs> eating them and they haven't been cleaned out and it's like please clean the fridge this week thanks in advance 
Like that's, well, you know, that's what that is. What is your what is your like hammer end of an email when you want to get a point across though? What do you use? Do you use the one you hate or do you use something else? I I always say um I would be happy to get on the phone and discuss this if if need be. Oh. Ew, yeah. No. I do the exact opposite. Oh. I I always well, say if email I, if, I, if if I'm trying to get but no, but if I'm trying to get somebody to do something or trying to get a point across, I'm going to say that that's that's your reactions why I do that because then they say I don't want to fucking talk to this guy on the phone. I'm going to do Ooh. it. That's actually kind of smart. That's galaxy brain thinking right there. But I think in the last, at least in the like last few I'm drops, offering, I've... I'm offering the initiative of calling you, which mm. you don't want to talk to me. So go do it. I think uh, the last few jobs I had were so, there, again, so many olds that they would rather like die <laughs> than send an email. So, like, that's, I, even when I first started the job, like, uh, my writer, my name writer or whatever had my note, phone number in it. And I specifically took it out so that they didn't know how to contact me and would have to email me. So, I did that just because I hated talking on the phone because it's all I wanted to do. And I'm like, I can much more comprehensively explain this to you on an email, like in a bullet point than for me talking to you on the phone. I always hated that, and I hated uh, best regards for a really long time because I, had, I knew like a couple people that would use it almost passive-aggressively. Like, hey, you fucked all this up. Best regards. Like, <laughs> now, yeah, see, I use best. I never really use it in a negative way. I hate when people would put in the email in the subject line in all caps with exclamation points on each side, important. I hate mm-hmm. that shit. That's going to make me want to do it less, honestly. Maybe like I'm a zero inboxer, so I do read everything. But like, so maybe for some that is needed. But I always hated that. Always hated that. The um, the fucking high importance indicator on an email enrages me. And I love that it, shit. It, oh, but it's it's the, the your propensity to use the high importance indicator is inversely correlated with your intelligence level. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah it's so true can't i can't disagree with that it's very true. like like what do they think like i'm getting blown up by my boss with a bunch of emails and then somebody sends me an exclamation mark and then i gotta call my boss back and be like uh look uh steve from accounting sent me a high importance email so i can't <laughs> do the work you asked me to do wait so your sign off uh. was best and then true what's like your regular sign off just my name I would do uh, respectfully and then my name always. I like it because it's classy and also a little bit mean. But it's, if it's people you work with, I, I I don't know. And I don't. I only sign off on the first email. If it's reply emails, I don't have a sign off. Yeah. Oh, uh, mine was like an automated one. Like I had it set to every reply. I uh, oh. also another thing that makes me mad, and I'm sorry if this offends, but again, I am a very weird guy. Um, so. You go to college, right? You go to undergrad and you yeah. study something. Certain people continue their studies in certain fields. If I spend eight years becoming a doctor, I have gained the right to be known as Dr. So-and-so. Um, I am an expert and I have certification to practice medicine. If I go to law school and pass the bar, I am whatever the title is on that. GD. But if I take a fucking online course and get an MBA, I do not have the right to put that in my email signature at all. <laughs> like that is, that is, that is not a professional certification. Project manager professional is a certification. That's cool. That's what you are. You have a certification to do something. 
An MBA is not a certification and not a title. So keep it out of that email signature line. I've seen that and I've seen a certified negotiation expert, which is like a three hour course online. Not even joking. If, and they'll put it if in. If you're there. a CPA, put it in there. That's a certification. You're an expert on something. If you're CFA, put it in there that you're an expert on something. If you, if you just went to whatever and took some courses and got a master's degree in something, I'm very proud of you. And I think that's a great accomplishment, but that doesn't qualify you for anything. Like you're just smarter. Like, than you were because you took classes but nobody's like oh dude steve from accounting just replied he's an mba i'm glad he's on this one (laughs) well now that we have been i guess triggered into anger over work stuff i guess we have to end this pod um yeah anything else it's great because normally Normally on Sunday, I, I relax and don't think about work for a while, but this is <laughs> thinking about it. So I'm just going to, I'm not even going to use my badge swipe on the, the gate arm tomorrow. I'm just going to drive my car right through it because I'm going to be so <laughs> fired up from this conversation. <laughs> oh, right. man. Then it's off on a high note, Joe. All right. Anything yeah. else? Last but not least, go, go see Happy Time Murders. Um, we are. I have a feeling this is going to be the next. This is going to be in spirit of our emoji movie review, where we go blow by blow into very specific scenes of this movie and why it sucks so much. Apparently, yeah. maybe I'll like it. Maybe I'll like it. I won't like it. Maybe I'll like it. Yeah, we they never know. We did like Bright, but I don't think this is going to be that situation. I don't think this is going to be a Bright. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you got to see Happy Time Murders. Remember to see 8th Grade and Black Klansman if you have not seen it yet, because we will be reviewing it. For Ken Jack and Trail, I'm Jeff Lowe. We will talk to you on Thursday. Have a good week at the box office. Classes while I was scheming before the masses. Who do you think you are? You're dreaming about being a big star. Say you're basic, say you're easy. You're always riding in the backseat. Now I'm smiling from the stage while you were clapping in the nosebleeds.